Peace, everybody. This is Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events from pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Monday, September the 27th, and over this past week, the world has gotten to watch a broken relationship unfold in the world of sports. And I am, of course, referring to the NBA as the word of the week has been compatibility. For the Philadelphia 76ers, one of their star players, Ben Simmons, has had enough. Not only did he decide that he would leave the Philadelphia 76ers requesting a trade, but he allegedly insisted that he never wants to play a game for the Philadelphia 76ers again in his life. This spiraled into both his teammates and coaches not being able to contact him. And when they set up a trip to go visit him, he simply advised them not to waste their time. Ben unintentionally taught us to start off our week, once again, that square pegs cannot fit in round holes, as one of the most talented young players, though he has his own share of concerns, conversed with the team around him and found that him and Philadelphia are completely incompatible, not just between the team, not just between the coaches and staff, but between him and the fans, as he has been possibly the most attacked player since the end of the playoffs. In the past year, he was uncharacteristically less aggressive as a player, deciding not to take open shots, pretty much being a virtual zero on offense outside of passing. And passing can only do so much when you cannot shoot the basketball. So while it remains to be seen whether or not the Philadelphia 76ers will pull the trigger and trade him as he has vehemently requested, we can proceed to the NFL, where once again we watched the rookie quarterbacks struggle, struggle, and struggle some more. What was lining up to be potentially one of the greatest classes of quarterbacks in NFL history seems to have manifested itself into some very talented athletes being thrown to the wolves. As the top two picks in last year's NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, both touted as phenomenal athletes with a ton of potential, are currently leading the quarterback position in interceptions with seven apiece. Mac Jones showed that he was ready to play the position, but he's far from a deadly quarterback at the moment and largely leans on simple schemes and a good run game to try and get the Patriots' offense going. For Trey Lance and Justin Fields, they've spent most of the year waiting in the shadows, but Justin Fields this week got his first opportunity to start for the Chicago Bears, and what would ensue is a terrible offensive coordination by which he got sacked more times Then he completed a pass, which brings the question to you. When you have players that appear to be very talented on paper that are showing all of these signs of potential greatness, is it better for them to sit back and shadow more experienced players, learn how to maneuver for half the year or onward before beginning? Or is it better to throw them out there? Let them struggle their way all the way through and find some success in the experience. 
especially considering that the only reason why these great players end up on these teams is because these teams were bad enough to end up with top picks in the draft. So now these great players are in very suspect situations outside of Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and they must now figure out how to find their own versions of success. Throughout the rest of the league, the Los Angeles Rams are on fire. Whether it's Cooper Cup currently looking like the best receiver in the league with the stat lines that he's put up, or Matthew Stafford just firing on all cylinders, as an offense coached by, dare I say, a mastermind and Sean McVay, has been completely unlocked by a top 10 talent at the quarterback position in Matthew Stafford. And when you pair that with solid offensive talent alongside a defense that currently has the best players at two different positions in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, it would be hard to say that they are anything less than a Super Bowl contender, especially after they just gave the previous Super Bowl winners their first loss rather handedly. The other team that was in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, have had their fair share of struggles to start off the year as well. Though Patrick Mahomes has looked great as usual, they have strangely encountered a turnover bug. Whether it's players like Tyreek Hill fumbling, or Patrick Mahomes himself throwing picks. In the most inopportune scenarios over the past two weeks specifically, the Chiefs have found a way to lose close games. This is not an issue of talent per se, but it is questionable to see one of the best teams in the league appear to be so undisciplined in these moments. On the other side of the coin, we've seen teams like the Denver Broncos and Carolina Panthers with very well-coached defenses find their way to being 3-0 to open the season. So today we'll conclude one of the more entertaining first three weeks of football that we've witnessed in a while. And the only team that has looked both dominant and deadly is the Los Angeles Rams. Speaking of dominance, coming off of the grandiose runs of Donda and Certified Loverboy, there was a question amidst of which album would come and dethrone either of them. Certified Loverboy seemed to do enough to dethrone Donda. So what would come and dethrone Certified Loverboy? And a truly unexpected competitor came out of the woodworks. As NBA Youngboy, the Louisiana rapper, released an album called Sincerely Contrell while still being in prison. And the crazy part isn't that he released an album while in prison. That has been done before. The crazy part is that this album is currently on pace to sell up to 150,000 units first week, potentially dethroning certified lover boy that was coming in this week projected to sell 130k. Naturally, out of curiosity, as someone who was not well versed in the career of NBA Youngboy and what his impact, clearly a massive impact, 
was to his fans. So I will present to you my understanding. NBA Youngboy is truly one of rap's biggest anomalies. He is currently 21 years old with more plaques than he can even count. This is an artist who routinely gets more views on YouTube than Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber to name a couple of people. And it seems to me that he has somehow cracked the code on the modern day version of passing out CDs at the mall. Rather than physically doing that, NBA Youngboy caught the early wave of YouTube and was able to leverage that into a massive music career. This is an artist who in the span of about four years has dropped 15 mixtapes. That's not even counting the credited studio albums that he dropped. He quite literally flooded the streets with music. But it wasn't just the streets of Louisiana. He flooded the YouTube scene with music. With tons of music videos and audio. So his fans can never say that they weren't fed. He completely 180'd the perspective that you should let your fans wait. Something that actor Denzel Washington has once spoke about. When regarding the fact that having some level of patience to your character affects the way that you're viewed in the public. A lot of artists try to spin this into waiting a long time to drop a project. Or in the case of a Drake, for example, waiting seven to eight months to drop a project after releasing it. They hope to build up suspense, but NBA Youngboy does the complete opposite. In fact, rather than building suspense... NBA Youngboy just drops a song whenever he wants. It might be a Tuesday afternoon and NBA Youngboy might say, hey, I just recorded a song. I want to film a quick video and let me drop it. So his fans always feel fed and somehow NBA Youngboy has met a happy medium where they're not overstimulated with him, but they completely value his authenticity and continue to play him on repeat to support their favorite artists. So if people who are fans of rap did not know NBA Youngboy's name, he might be someone to watch out for in the coming years as long as he can resolve all of his legal issues. Another project that somehow got swept up in the middle of the Donda and CLB debate was Baby Keem's new project, Melodic Blue. A project where Baby Keem, who has at this point made it very public and is comfortable saying that he is the cousin of Kendrick Lamar, was very experimental, both with the flows that he used, a la Kendrick Lamar as he's shown us on his projects, but also with the beat selection. He varied them in a way that it can come across as if this album was not very focused. It felt as if Keem got in the studio with beats from very diverse places. More diverse than the average artist for sure. Put together the songs and just simply picked out the ones he liked the most. Not with any intention of commanding a very specific feeling or style, but just what he enjoyed listening to. On this project, Baby Keem showed lots of vocal control. High level flowing from someone who is rather new to the game. Keem is putting on a masterclass when it comes to leveraging who he knows. 
as he had two very memorable features from Kendrick Lamar. If you're a fan of melodic styles of rap, I highly recommend checking out his new project, Melodic Blue. Meanwhile, the next possibly major release on the docket is still Meek Mill slated to release this Friday. There's a lot of questions about not just his talent, but what exactly he will be talking about on this project. His last album sold very well off of the momentum of him being released from prison, but few would consider that album to be very memorable outside of a few key moments. Personally, it has been a while since I've heard a truly classic project from Meek Mill, but I sure will be curious to see what we receive. The music we concluded with J. Cole dropping a freestyle over Drake's song, Pipe Down. One with several quotables, but the one that caught the most attention was J. Cole claiming that the world wanted to give him a bronze medal behind Kendrick Lamar and Drake, and him acknowledging that they are superstars. But J. Cole, at the opening of his tour, brought Drake and Future on stage with him, and in a viral exchange, Drake gave him his flowers and crowned him a true goat in the world of hip-hop. Lastly, in the film world, we were gifted potentially one great project with another one announced on the horizon. As this week, Star Wars' Visions released an anime take on the world of Star Wars. Though I have not watched it and cannot give my formal opinion yet, that will come next week. I can guarantee you it will be watched as the trailer alone sold me on this being a potentially great idea. If Star Wars and anime align in your interests, it might be worth checking out to see what they've done. And on the other side, Netflix announced a documentary that will surely receive a ton of views when it is released. And that is a new documentary called Genius, spelled J-E-E-N-Y-U-S. A documentary that will be on the early days of Kanye West's music career. Anything Kanye at this point sells, and with the trailer showing Kanye spitting, dare I say some of his best bars I've even heard from him, there is a lot of excitement that is garnering around this documentary being released. Whenever famous celebrities have B-roll film being dropped, it always stirs up attention, and hopefully the people behind this documentary will do him justice. And with that being said, we have come to the conclusion of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking your time out. I hope you have a great week and please let me know anyways that I can make this a better audio experience for you. I'll talk to you next week. And this is Behold Pop Culture.